This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right now on the line, I'm joined by Hafa Al-Mansour, the director and writer of The Perfect Candidate, which is showing at the New Zealand International Film Festival. Good morning to you, Haifa. Hi. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm not too bad. And yourself? Everything is good. Very good. It's an 01 number. So where are you in the world right now? I know that the US and, and England all use the same area code. So where are you? Uh, I am in, I'm based in LA, so I am north of LA, next to Calabasas. Oh, it's really a beautiful day here. Calabasas, classic skateboarding spot uh, is Calabasas. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Um, fantastic. Right. Uh, the Perfect Candidate is uh, showing at the New Zealand International Film Festival, as I said. Uh, a wonderful film. The first thing that struck me about the film, um, Haifa, was the contrast between traditional and modern in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, it started off with a man not wanting a woman doctor, uh, and, and then when the doctor arrives home, uh, you know, you've got men playing traditional music, uh, while a woman follows cooking instructions from the internet, and another one is photoshopping a picture. Um, there's a real strong contrast between the traditional and the modern and with the men doing the traditional and the women doing the modern things. I found that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think Saudi Arabia is, as a society is in, in motion and really changing with the, and um, catching to the rest of the world. It's a rich uh, society, so they have access to a lot of technology. But mm. still, there's a lot of... Um, that's, um, Social interaction is still governed by tradition, by religion, by a lot of like, there is, and a lot of the tradition is very sexist and there is a lot of homogeny and, and, um, uh, and women always like, um, in a society like that, um, strive to find their own voices and have their own space. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, of course, our, um, Maryam is a doctor and she, she runs for um, for an office for for um, uh, for election, and she t- tries to enter politics. But because women for so long have been kept from entering politics, her journey is very interesting, and her journey is um, is fun and um, heartfelt. And I feel um, and for me to bring a character like this, it is very important to to see it's a humanity and what it means to break out of your shell for mm-hmm. the first time and, and be in a direct contact with the world. Indeed. You talk about that, you know, the kind of transition that um, that Saudi Arabia is going through at the moment. It's very fluid. Uh, and you're at the forefront of that with the opening up of the arts, you know. I mean, cinemas only opened in 2018 or something like that. Uh, and, you, you know, arts has always been something that's been suppressed in the kingdom and other Islamic nations. Um, do you feel a lot of weight on your shoulders from that? Especially, um, you know, not only opening up the arts, but also being a woman doing that role. No, I, I feel very excited. I think Saudi Arabia, as you said, for so long was um, under um, very strict uh, interpretation of religion that excluded art and women from the public space. We didn't have concerts, music concerts, or exhibitions, art exhibitions, and, or um, and movie theaters. They were um, considered uh, immoral and corrupt and will corrupt someone's soul. And to move away from that and now have like music in the streets and have um, performances and theater and have even women sing on stage in Saudi Arabia is something a lot of societies think it is, it is common sense and normal. But yeah. for Saudi, it's revolutionary because it also changes the paradigms and changes how people view themselves. And I think... Um, 
for societies in the Middle East, you cannot really create a real change without investing in art and investing in, in culture. Mm-hmm. Because they are the ones that change the hearts and, and values. That's values right. are very are key. Like you can, like we have Arab Spring and we have all that kind of like you know big like it changes, but nothing happened from that. Real values, everyday real values, did not change. Women didn't rule and societies did not change. They weren't empowered with all that. And I think because we still cling to certain values and we cannot change those values without art, philosophy, literature, movies, and that is really that um, helped societies to evolve. Um, the It's a highly political film, of course, um, with your wonderful star running for local office, as you said, uh, which is very rare uh, in Saudi for a woman to do that. Controversial, no doubt. Uh, and as we, we've mentioned, you know, things are changing uh, and for women's rights uh, in, the, in a man-run kingdom. Uh, is that part of the reason to make the film, to show that it's okay to have women in positions of power? Absolutely, yeah. Film and also, like as I said, it is it is it contributes to the dialogue that is happening in in place in Saudi. But I always work like um, I try to tell a story that is full of humor. Full yes, of music. yes. Because like it is even if it is political and even if it has social commentary, it is not like um, uh, I always strive to tell a story that is fun, yes. so people can go and enjoy the film regardless. And also that that way it allows me to work back in Saudi. Arabia and bring mm, stories like this that is um, challenges women's position and what women aspire for in a traditional society in a very conservative society. I think telling a story with that kind of um, having like a character that you root for and it mm. is and it is um, it allows allows me as an artist also to work back home. We all love an underdog story. And that's exactly what this is. It's fantastic. And I like, you know, there is a really awesome balance between the fun and the light and also the heavy. Um, You know, how hard was it to find that kind of balance when you were writing this? Uh, How did you, how did you take that on? Because, you know, you, uh, the last couple of films you've made, uh, you've just been on as director, but you have written a lot in the past. So um, how, you know, was it a real, was it an exciting, fun challenge to find a good balance? Um, it is exciting always to write a story and see characters come to life, but of course it's a challenge, especially because I work in, in Saudi Arabia, I work um, like with non-professional actors, and yes. I try to uh, bring a slice of life, so even um, hoping the film will, will travel and people in New Zealand, for example, will enjoy it and appreciate it. So trying to write a story that is meaningful but it still has um, 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 maintains the integrity of authenticity is not easy. Yeah. So you want to write a joke and you want people to understand <laughs> it and laugh. So yeah. It's hard and the humor does not really tra- um, like it. it is very particular sometimes. So yeah, it is very challenging to write yeah. a story like this and you always need to think of, of how the world will see your work. And, I, and also I am as an artist and like I, I love to engage with audience. I want them to come and watch a movie and feel satisfied at the end, and they feel that, mm, like, yeah, they enjoyed the journey. So I'm not a self-indulgent and only what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not that kind of artist. I, 
I'm more of like um, I see I uh, I view myself as an entertainer too. Yeah, and I think they will be heavily entertained by this film. It was very entertaining, and I understand that joke thing because you know I do the radio by myself, and if I say a joke on air on the radio, I don't know if it's funny to the people who are listening. I know I find it funny, but it's really <laughs> it's a, it, it is a real heavy hard challenge to know if yeah. what you say. Uh, on the screen and on the page is going to translate into a laugh in the in the cinema. So well done, because um, you succeeded. So, and I like the fact that you use non, some non-professional actors. Um, was we, did you allow your script to kind of evolve during the filmmaking from their ideas of society um, and their particular interpretations of of their their own lives? Did you allow a bit of the non-actors' lives to come into the film? Absolutely, but um, when I like when you when you cast non-professional actors, you write your character, and then you go to the world and try to find that character. Yeah, you find someone who looks like it and and um, and has uh, carry themselves in the same way and and have the essence of, of the character you wrote. So um, so it is. And especially in Saudi, because the pool is very small, and there are there aren't a lot of people who want to engage with arts and become performers or become, you know, actors. So it is really difficult to find those people. It's always a journey. And uh, for example, the father of all the characters was very hard to cast. Yeah. Because I wanted someone who is um, who is in, in that age, and a lot of people who and who plays the instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who can like you know? But a lot of people in that age just left music because it is was it's something was was really uh, artists are the lowest of the low in the society. Even if you go to a grocery shop, people will see that they are very corrupt and they will not even serve them. So a lot of people just left art, even if they had like the talent for it and the passion, just to be in a corporate job and everything. Mm-hmm. So finding the father in that age who can play and still can. Uh, like him perform was hard and challenging and I was really happy to find him because he brought a lot of like he's soft spoken and there is a lot of um, it's a different Arab man Arab men and, and always like machos like they control their men and they're just you know <laughs> they slap and all. but he is different and he is a different type of an Arab man that we haven't seen on screen he is encouraging and he loves his kids and he has mm-hmm. a dream to go for so there is and I think it is important again to contribute to the dialogue and see yes he can be a man and respected and be soft and kind yeah. and can even cry in public yes yes uh, I mean that's something that we're only starting to learn in the West as well. So, uh, you, you know what I mean. Um, now, the, the, you, you shot the first feature film entirely shot in Saudi Arabia, um, and that was wonderful, uh, a wonderful piece of cinema. Uh, then you made a couple of English language films. Why have you decided to return home to to make the perfect candidate to tell another story of your homeland? Because you know we have a lot of directors in New Zealand that will make a couple of great films here, and then they'll leave for Hollywood or for England, and then they'll never come back, and they'll never make another New Zealand story. Why did you decide to go back home? Um, uh, first of all, I really enjoyed working in the West. I worked in, 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 in Europe, and, and I worked in, in the U.S., and I really appreciated the freedom, and the, there's no censorship, and you can do whatever you want. And as a person coming from uh, where I come from, I, I really valued that moment. It was really big for me, so I was very grateful for it. And I still really enjoy working here. But it is kind of very intimate when you go back home and tell a story about people that you know their language in and out and their food and who they are. 
there is something very intimate when you tell stories about your family. Like I base the characters on my mom and my sisters, and and it is um, it brings um, it is very special. And also, like Saudi Arabia opened theaters and there was funding for film, and there's and I wanted to to be part of this, what is going on, and and in that place, and hoping to open it up a little bit and having um, push push dialogue for for more uh, women's rights and empowerment and all that. Um, how, was res- how was it received at home, the film? Um, the, home, uh, the, the film is um, no, because of COVID, <laughs> like everywhere else. Yeah. Our theatrical release has been delayed. Oh, okay. But um, a lot of Saudis um, watched the film in festivals and, um, and, and they came to Venice when the film premiered and and they really like they appreciate the music, and the music is very nostalgic. It is like you know very old Saudi pop songs. So a lot of people like enjoyed enjoyed that moment. And um, but there are of course there are the progressive, the, the younger, the liberal Saudis who are traveling to film festivals. So the reception the reception was very warm. I'm sure when it's screens home, there will be some. Like very conservative people who are reluctant to accept women as a filmmakers or a story like this, but hoping like the music and the humor and everything will create a dialogue and hopefully they will watch it and like we'll talk afterwards, yeah. not fight, talk. Yeah, yeah, good. Talking is important. Um, yeah. Well, it's a wonderful film. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's a, you know, there's, two, you know, there's more than one storyline going on. So it's great to see, um, you know, not not only um, the political side of things and, and the running and the uh, the humour in that, but also the the story of the mother and the father and, and being musicians and and that as well. So um, it was a wonderful film to watch. I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for making it. Thank you. Um, also for for being a pioneer in what you're doing um i don't know if brave is the right word but it is fantastic so um thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us this morning um and the perfect candidate is showing at the new zealand international film festival thank you jamie you have yourself a wonderful day you too thank you right that was alpha al uh, haifa al monsoor the perfect candidate new zealand international film festival i n nzifnz is where you'll find details on that film um. thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast all of our content lives online at r1.co.nz